0: Welcome to the Body Nerd Show. I'm your host, Alexandra Ellis, and after a decade in the fitness industry, I've finally cracked the code on how you can build sustainable strength without getting hurt. I'm a coach, writer, yogi, kettlebell devotee, lover of lifting heavy things, and 100% a body nerd. So, stick with me, and I'll teach you how to make body maintenance and movement mastery a fundamental part of your wellness routine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back. You're listening to episode 147 of the Body Nerd Show. On today's show, I'm talking all things shoes, and specifically shoes that let your feet move in the most natural way possible. You'll learn what makes a shoe barefoot or minimal what to look for when shopping for barefoot shoes, and tips on how to transition into barefoot shoes so you can make that change seamlessly and injury free. And the idea for today's episode came from a question on TikTok specifically about barefoot shoe recommendations. And I get this question often, like what's the best shoe for me when I have all of these things? And honestly, you know, we don't all live in the same body. We don't all have the same foot or feet. And a blanket recommendation isn't really helpful or useful. So I thought I'd talk about what to look for when shopping for shoes that are going to allow more of your foot to move, which I know goes contrary to much of the advice you find on the internet that says, oh, you have plantar fasciitis, you need a shoe that is super stiff and has all of the arch support. I think... And it's not just my opinion. You can also look into this. We've talked about feet and shoes on previous episodes as well. A foot is stronger and able to support itself better when it has the opportunity to use the structures and muscles and tissues as they were designed. And that's one thing that barefoot shoes can do for you. And you know that I'm also about teaching you and educating you to make the best decisions for yourself. So let's dive into it. Did you know that your foot has 26 different bones, which are joined together at 33 different joints and more than hundred muscles, tendons and ligaments. And so when we're thinking about barefoot shoes, this is really to allow all of these structures to move in the most natural way possible. I live in Los Angeles it's gross outside. I'm not going to be outside barefoot. There's also for many of you times of the year where going outside barefoot is not a possibility, but wearing a wider, thinner soled shoe can actually help increase your foot strength and ankle mobility simply by allowing your foot to move more. And it seems kind of contrary to one another, but the way biomechanics works and the way your body works, if there's a limitation in the movement at any one joint or multiple joints, and again, there's 33 joints in your foot, the joints that are higher or lower have to be almost hyper flexible to make up for that lost mobility. So when we wear a shoe that is very stiff soled, like I have a pair of hiking boots. I love them. The soles don't move at all. When you are hiking and you need that extra support, that makes sense. But when I'm just walking about my day, that limitation in movement of the foot means that my ankle has to make up more of the movement to allow me to continue to walk. And so what you find is that when you wear a stiff sold shoe a lot of the time, we see more tension in the calves, more stiffness in the ankles as a byproduct of having to be even more flexible to make up for the stiffness in the foot. So if you are trying to resolve foot issues or tight calves that just you can't mobilize them or stretch them out of that or any other lower limb issues, a thing we have to be thinking about and talking about and looking at is what you're putting at the ends of your legs, on your feet, every single day. Because most shoes are not shaped like a human foot. And you can just go into your closet right now, take out the insole from any pair of shoes you have, and step on it. And what you're probably gonna find is that some of your toes, or maybe even some of your foot, overlaps the edges. It's super common for shoes to be more narrow at the toe end because that looks nice, <laughs> right? It's totally fashion over function. And I hate to tell you, but barefoot shoes, they look very functional. They're very comfortable. They're not red carpet ready, if that's your cup of tea. But because I wear Shoes that allow my feet to move naturally more often, the times in which I might wear a heeled boot or I might wear wedges or a hiking boot or something like that aren't as detrimental to how my back feels or my knees feel or my feet and ankles feel because I have all of that more natural foot movement time kind of saved up. And that's really our goal here too, right? It's not to say that, you know, this is good and this is bad and never do this and only do that, but to give you more options just based on allowing your body to move more naturally more often. So a foot-shaped shoe or a barefoot style shoe is actually wider at the toe end. And if you're getting, you know, you started working on foot mobility and now you're concerned that your shoes aren't fitting, it may just be that your feet are adapting back to a more natural foot state. Just think of what a baby's foot looks like right before they start walking and before they start wearing shoes, they have a wider midfoot and where the toes are than the heel. And then if you look at your foot or just a standard American adult foot, it's probably more narrow all throughout and maybe toes are overlapping on one another. So moving towards a more barefoot style shoe is going to restore that natural shape to your foot. And then you get a toe box that's foot-shaped, which means it's going to be a little bit wider at the toe end when you stuff your feet into a shoe with a very narrow toe box that alters the way force is transmitted over your toe joints. So if we just take walking, for example, as you walk, ideally the weight comes over the toes and your toes bend, they extend, and then you use that in your push off. If the toes are now compressed because that toe box is more narrow, that alters how that weight is transmitted over that first toe knuckle. So now instead of even pressure, maybe the pressures a little bit more to the inside edge of that toe, which over time the body can adapt and change to that pressure. And then we get extra bone growth and then we get something called a bunion. And you may be like, no, no, I thought those were genetic. There's a huge piece of that that is simply mechanics and how you're moving. So again, a wider toe box can allow your toes to move more naturally, can allow your feet to be their wild selves and just feel better. When you're looking for this type of shoe that's more natural, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes here, um, you may see terms like minimal or barefoot or primal or natural. And there's probably a million more terms, but we'll talk about the specific things to look at when you look at the description of the shoe that'll also help you better decide if this is the right shoe for you at this moment. And like I said, most shoes have super stiff soles or a ton of padding that are not allowing your feet to feel and respond to the ground. And if it's an instance of, you know, plantar fasciitis pain, you have pain right now. And if an insole or arch support helps alleviate the pain, fantastic. Use that as needed. But at the same time, you should also be working on foot strength and working to move away from having to rely on that arch support 24-7 right? They're meant for pain relief now. Um, But it's like if you broke your wrist and then you started wearing, you know, obviously you got casted and then you just kept wearing the cast forever, even if the bone had healed, right? Our body is constantly adapting and changing and growing based on the input and force that we put into it. Your feet are no different and your shoes are a piece of that as well. So arch supports in general, don't allow your foot to move naturally. The arch should flatten out and again, be part of that assistance. It's stretch and recoil is part of what's called the windless effect, um, which is how you are literally propelled forward. So we want the foot to be able to move in its most, I keep saying this natural way possible, but we want all of those 33 joints, all of those muscles, tendons, and ligaments, all the bones to be able to do what they were designed to do without being thwarted by a feature of your shoe. And the other thing about shoes, if you're like, well, I don't wear high heels, my hiking boots have a heel, right? If there is more padding in the heel and your heel is higher than your toes, that is a heeled shoe. And when it comes to physics and biomechanics, because your heel is slightly higher than the toes, it changes the mechanics of everything up the chain, including what's happening in your lower back and your ribs, shortening, you know, the tension and stretch that happen in the calves. So if you you are thinking of ways to improve ankle flexibility and calf flexibility, just getting out of a heeled shoe, even just a few hours a week can start that process of restoring natural movement back into your feet and your legs. What would it feel like to know exactly what to do to take care of your body, to know that every exercise was actually helping you get stronger instead of being a total waste of time? And imagine not being afraid of pain because you know exactly how to maintain your body and how to take care of any type of soreness, tension, or pain. Movement Mavens is one of the most comprehensive step-by-step programs that'll actually teach you body maintenance and movement mastery so you can continue to build sustainable strength and get rid of pain no matter what comes up. Our community is filled with movement-minded women who are committed to taking back control of their body and their health. With customized wellness plans, a growing video library, and monthly coaching, you'll know what to do so that you can keep running faster, hit PRs, recover more effectively, and feel amazing every day. I'm opening up the doors soon for a limited time, but if you're on the waitlist, you'll be the first to know. So grab your spot on the waitlist and learn more about Movement Mavens at aewellness.com mavens. That's aewellness.com m-a-v-e-n-s. So that distance or difference between the height of the heel and the toes is referred to as drop. So that's that angle between heel and toe height. So a zero drop shoe puts your heel and toes at the same level and there's no extra padding at the heel. And that's kind of where we want ideally to end up if that works best for you. So if you're wearing, I guess this was like early 2000s maybe. Do you remember Nike shocks? I don't know if they're still a thing. They were essentially a high heeled sneaker and I had a pair with like pink shocks and they were my favorite. I sprained my ankle like 9,000 times in them did I stop wearing them? No. Um, So you're not going to go from a Nike shock to like a barefoot shoe overnight. When Vibrams came out and they were super popular, the naysayers were like, oh, well, people are getting, you know, shin splints and stress fractures. And yes, because they weren't training their foot to have the strength and endurance and resilience to withstand that extra effort of wearing a barefoot shoe. And they were just going out and running marathons. So we're not trying to go from Nike shocks to Vibrams, but to do that in a strategic way so that your foot is trained just as if you were training for a marathon, right? Your first day of marathon training is not to run 26.2 miles. uh, It's to start with intervals. Look at me talking about running. Like I know what I'm talking about, but Hopefully that makes sense, right? You know, you're going to do it gradually and strategically. So general features of good barefoot shoes, you're looking for zero drop. So remember, that's the distance between the heel and the toes and the angle you're looking for a wide toe box, a flexible sole. Um, you should be able to manipulate the shoe in whatever way possible, and it allows for that to happen. Minimal to no arch support, and it should stay on your foot on its own. So flip-flops or slides might fit some of these other criteria of that zero drop and flexible sole, but because you have to grip with your toes for them to stay on your foot, it's not considered barefoot shoes. And if you are struggling with with calf tension or plantar fasciitis, I'm going to say no to the flip-flops to help your plantar fascia again, move more naturally and not be in that constantly um, tensioned state of trying to keep the flip-flops on your feet. And if you're like, no, that doesn't happen. uh, The next time you're wearing flip-flops or slides, I want you to like close your eyes and walk and let your feet relax. And your shoes are going to go flying because your feet are working to keep the shoe on your foot. So the best shoe for you is the one that fits comfortably and is as close to being barefoot as you can manage for the activity you're doing. So when I first started my barefoot journey, one of the shoes I got is a brand called Earth Runners, and it's a very minimal sandal. And I started just walking my dog around the block. And if I was going on a longer walk, I would wear a different pair of shoes. And then I started increasing the amount of time I was wearing the shoes until I got to a point where I could spend, you know, six hours walking around on concrete, like at a theme park and not have any issues with it. But I didn't start there. So with all of this, especially as you're transitioning into barefoot shoes, I want you to think gradual. How can I make this gradual? Maybe it's the first two weeks. I just stick with this time. And then I start to up the time. And if that creates any discomfort or pain, then I'm going to back off a little bit and stay there for a while to increase the strength of my feet. And of course there's more mobility work that you can do to help strengthen your feet and ankles in addition to wearing these barefoot shoes. And I'll link into the description, a playlist on YouTube of some foot and ankle exercises that can be super helpful. Now, of course, if you have an injury or pain, if you have plantar fasciitis, if you're wearing orthotics now, your transition is probably going to be a bit slower and you may wear your orthotics in your new shoes as you're continuing this process. The most important thing is the most important thing always pain-free movement. So what do you have to do to keep it pain-free? That's what we're looking for. So other things to consider when you're looking for barefoot shoes is the width of your foot. Because just because a shoe is barefoot doesn't mean it's the best shoe for you. So for example, there's a brand called Merrill that has barefoot shoes, but they're too narrow for my feet. I have exceptionally wide feet. So while that might work for one person, it's not my cup of tea. So again, just because you try one brand and it doesn't work, that doesn't mean that you are not meant for barefoot shoes or there's something wrong with your feet. It's just, it's not the shoe for you. Also, the shape of your toes. So if you have a longer second toe, if that end of the shoe is squared off and that longer toe is running into the edge of the shoe, that's going to be uncomfortable. So if most of your toes are the same length, a square shape toe box might work. But if you do have that longer second toe, that's probably not going to be great feeling for your feet. Also, the height of your arch right? If you have a super tall arch, your foot may just take up more vertical space in the shoe. So you want to make sure that you have the space for that to happen. And then of course, the activity that you're going to be doing in the shoe, there are barefoot shoes and boots designed for all kinds of activities, even snow boots. So it just, it's like tools. You have a tool for each thing that you're doing. While I love to work out in my, I love Vivo barefoots, and I work out in them. But if I'm gonna be going on a super long walk or a hike, like the first couple of hikes I did, I wore those and my feet were just so exhausted by the end. It was just way too much volume from my poor little feet. So I actually wear a more supportive, almost like trail shoe when I'm hiking to give me that support I need to allow me to hike for seven, eight, nine miles at a time. So again, different shoes for what you're doing. Just because you have a barefoot shoe, that doesn't mean that has to be your running shoe and your workout shoe and your walking shoe and like your all things shoe. It's a tool like everything else. One thing I will say though about barefoot shoes is because there's less to them, they wear out slower. And I'm sure the manufacturers don't want me to tell you this, but I've had my Vivo barefoots for probably, I think we're going on like four, maybe even five years at this point, because there's nothing to wear out. It's just flat anyways. And as it's wearing out, I'm not noticing any decline in function, because it was flat to begin with. So they are a little bit more expensive. You can find them online in different places, but that's my favorite part is that mine last for a very long time. <laughs> so some of my favorite minimal shoe brands I've already mentioned, uh, Vivo Barefoot, Merrill has some barefoot shoes, New Balance has some, but again, you're going to have to look to make sure that there's zero drop. Zero Xero, Lems, Unshoes, Earthrunners. These are all brands that have barefoot shoes with different levels of barefootness, I'd say. So like Vivo Barefoot, Earthrunner, they have like super flat nothing to them. Whereas Lem's have something that's slightly more substantial of a shoe, but still allows for that full range of motion through the foot. There are tons of resources online for finding barefoot shoes, but I completely trust and have a nerd crush on a biomechanist and author of the book, Whole Body Barefoot, Katie Bowman. So I will link to her updated list of minimal shoes in the show notes. Um, And she just updated them in August of 2021. So it's a newer list of things. And she lives in a place where they have weather. So unlike me, um, who can wear sandals all the time? Um, She has great recommendations. And actually for sandals, my favorites are the Earth Runners. Those are those super barefoot ones. But I've taken those everywhere. You can walk across a beach and go in the water and walk through rivers and then hike back to the boat or the road or whatever, all with that one shoe. So it's so minimal, um, and as long as they don't get in touch with a puppy, which did happen to my first pair, they also last a very long time. They were no match for little puppy teeth. <laughs> There's also a tool available online that'll help you find the type of minimal or barefoot shoe that might work best for your foot and activity, um, and that's at barefootshoefinder.com. So I'll also link to that in the show notes, or you can head on over to aewellness.com/podcast to get that link. And like I said, if your feet are used to being cast into those foot coffins, right, where the static shape of your shoes, you're wearing the same shoe all the time, um, you're not going to want to slap on a pair of barefoot shoes and go off and run your marathon. This should be a gradual process. Also, right, if you work in an industry where you have to wear steel-toed boots, there are not barefoot steel-toed boots. It's kind of in contradiction to one another. So you wear the shoe that you have to wear for your job. You work on your mobility when you get home. And when you have the opportunity to wear whatever footwear you want, that's where I would use that as an opportunity to wear more barefoot, less supportive style shoes to give your foot that opposite experience of what a steel toe boot provides, right? Cause that's for safety. That's a safety feature at that point. And of course let's not be ridiculous, but right. You have free time. You have time where you're not working. You have time at home. That's where you can work on that as well. So what about this mobility, right? For feet, move your feet and move your ankles. Like I said, I'm linking to a playlist of my favorite foot and ankle exercises from YouTube. That'll be in the show description. You can go check that out. Try to spend some time each day barefoot, working around your house is a great place to start. Maybe start walking around outside. Like I said, I live in Los Angeles in a very urban neighborhood with lots of dogs. I am not walking around outside at home, but when I have an opportunity, you know that my feet are (laughs) unshod. (laughs) Start wearing your barefoot shoes around the house when you do get them. And this will be an opportunity to not only break in your new pair of shoes, but also warm your feet up to the idea and help your feet get stronger um, without barefoot shoe so maybe that's the first two weeks of your new shoe is just working around your house walking around your house doing that and then you take a stroll outside so take a walk wearing your barefoot shoes while you're walking your dog or if you're just you know running a quick errand or something like that i will say i still remember this too that my first experience in barefoot shoes was so odd because you now can feel so much more than you did before. And your feet are almost hypersensitive because they've been almost like starved for attention in the foot coffin. And I just remember being aware of like every crack in the sidewalk and like every acorn I stepped over. So if that is your experience, you've had that happen, don't worry. It does go away as your brain gets used to having input from your feet and is able to filter some of that out. It becomes less overwhelming to your nervous system. And if you're planning on running in barefoot shoes, again, I would say it depends on what type of surface you're running on. Are you running on concrete? It's probably not going to be the most comfortable because concrete and asphalt are man-made inventions, right? And they're way harder than natural substances. So you might find that a workout is fine in barefoot shoes, but when you go on a run, you put on something with a little bit more cushion and support, and that's totally fine like I said, and where we start is there's not one shoe to rule them all. It's what is the task and activity you're trying to do and what shoe allows that to happen the best way possible. So hopefully you now have a better idea of what to look for. So remember we're looking for zero drop, wide toe box, flexible soles, little to no arch support, and something that stays on your foot on its own. And go off and be merry with your happy, happy feet experience and enjoying your world because a foot that has its natural movement and is able to better sense the world you're walking through is able to give your brain more information about where you are and what you're doing and how to respond. And so again, if you have issues with feet or ankle or even knee pain, building up the strength of your feet is foundational to getting out of that injury cycle. And as always, if you want a little extra support, if you are like, I'm so overwhelmed, there's so many choices here, that is absolutely something I can help you with. So as you're listening to this episode right now, my monthly membership is open for enrollment again, Movement Mavens. So if you want support and accountability and you like to move your body and you want it to just feel a lot easier and less painful than it is right now. That's exactly what we do inside Movement Mavens. If you need some one-on-one support, we can do a mobility assessment. If you're like, I just wanna dip a toe, a pun intended, check out the Mobility Mastery Toolkit. So there are four weeks of exercises in that that are gonna help you build strength and flexibility for your feet, for your hips, for your lower back, for your entire body. And so that can just get you started. So a lot of options. I've also linked in the show description a YouTube playlist to get you started. But if you still have questions, that's absolutely fine. So if you have a question or you're just like, oh my gosh, my feet, let me know on social media. You can send me a DM. You can tag me on stories. On Instagram, I'm at Hala Formala. On TikTok, I'm at AE Wellness. Or you can call the Body Nerd Hotline at 818 396 6501. And don't forget that show notes, fun links, free downloads, the Body Nerds Group, all things podcast related live over at aewellness.com slash podcast. And thank you so much for not only being here, for listening. You've made it this far Woo-hoo. <laughs> for subscribing uh, reviewing. If you've taken the time to do that, that really means a lot. And it absolutely helps the show in ranking and helping to share this message with more body nerds. And also just sharing. If you have been talking about shoes with a coworker, like share this episode, or you've been talking about shoes with your family, be like, Hey, let's try barefoot shoes. <laughs> so thank you again for your just being here. It really means a lot. Lot and I really appreciate it. So here's asking better questions, moving more, spending more time barefoot and getting nerdy. And thank you for helping me spread the word that your body is super cool and that you, my friend can change the unchangeable. I'll talk to you next week. Pain stops you in your tracks and body work is one of the fastest and most effective ways to deal with it. I've put together a free PDF with the six places you need to roll right now for quick relief. Plus, the reason why what you've tried so far has only given you a temporary fix. So whether it's back pain, plantar fasciitis, neck tension, shoulder pain, or tight hips, I've got you covered. And when you download it now, I'll also send you some video demos to get you started even faster.